You're listening to the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Um, tonight, sadly, Ricky can't join us, as cannot JR, so I'm left with the one and only Barry, who's returned to the show. How are you doing tonight, Barry? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having us again. Yeah, good to have you on. Uh, this week, we are doing an episode in the can, and it's going to be all about 2017. Not exactly a reward show or anything like that, just a... A year in review, year in retrospective about how we thought that 2017 went in the world wrestling entertainment. So, are you opening a, a can of wood pass there? I was trying to get away with that. I did it before it started, but yeah. It's a Steve Weiser. A Steve Weiser. <laughs> Swig of beer to the working man. Right, so I thought we would start tonight with basically on a positive note and talk about the success stories of 2017 and one of them for me so far, well not so far because it's done, but the tag team wrestling has definitely had a shot in the arm this year, especially on the main roster, basically since Mania onwards almost every single pay-per-view has had an amazing tag team match on it I would say I've said before that 2015 was the year of the women having amazing matches in NXT and then in 2016 they had some really good matches on the main roster 2016 on NXT some of the best tag matches you'll see in a long time and that transferred over onto the main roster again even though a lot of those guys weren't involved in NXT but it seems to be a a normal progression that one year NXT has uh, innovative matches and then the main roster carries it on just think, is there any specific tag team matches or just tag team stories in general that you've enjoyed from this year, Barry? Yeah, there's one that stands out for me. It was the 30 minute Ironman match between the Hardys and the Bar. I think uh, it was a great balls of fire, potentially. I think. Um, oh, the, the names of the pay per views all roll into one at the moment. I can't remember off the top of my head. Doing a bit of research last night. Um, uh, so just sort of going back through the pay-per-views pretty sure it was Great Balls of Fire so that was arguably the best tag team match I've seen this year actually it's up there definitely so um, I, I would agree with you since pretty much since the Hardys came back no coincidence that the tag team division has picked up uh-huh. see that was weird for me because I always thought of the Hardys as just sport monkeys basically that would just fly about the ring and do crazy stuff and I never really paid attention to the actual wrestling that they were able to offer and they have, they were offering really good wrestling this year just basic tag matches forget all the mm-hmm. ladder spots and table spots and stuff like that the the half hour Ironman match was really good and I thought the ending sequence to that especially was excellent when Hardy and Cesaro were chasing each other around the ring with like 20 seconds to go mm-hmm. and it was just so perfectly timed and it was a really good match and I enjoyed their cage match as well so 
it's funny that Hardy's they're getting old Matt Hardy can hardly move these days but they managed to have a great match I think that's a lot to do with the bar as well the bar have been they've been the bar they have set the bar and they are the bar and I would say they've raised the bar to be honest because (laughs) they've been involved in some of the best wrestling matches this year they were the ones that had a long good feud with the Hardys they're the ones that were the baddies, the bad guys that made Seth and Dean reunite and they had two classics with Seth and Dean at SummerSlam and No Mercy and they've st- they're still going on so for the, it's hard like on Raw I would say overall consistency and the amount of I know that Seth and Dean are like just shit hot but the bar have been my favourite tag team on Raw over the whole of the year but that's quite an interesting pick for tag match of the year well, I, I said it would be up there. Um, I don't think it was better than The Usual's New Day, one of their first matches. I actually opened a pay-per-view. I think it was Money in the Bank. Uh, it just took, took me by surprise. Uh, I just, I still liked The New Day. I felt they're, they're, when they came back into SmackDown, um, after, I think they had a lengthy off. They'd been off it for a few months. And... Um, their, their gimmick was still still good but you could see fans were even getting bored out you could hear some of them bo- they were getting booed for a, a good few months at, at points um, and then this match just turned them back into my favour again I know that I, I said I hated them but just that they got back and they sort of actually been really good wrestlers in the ring um, that for me was probably aye that could have easily been the, the, the match of the year I think it was Money in the Bank do you remember that one in the opening I actually didn't like that one. I <laughs> know. Oh, well, whatever one it was, they did end up having like really good matches following on from that, and they got better as time went on. It's whatever one opened a show, and the rest of the card was, was one of the events. It was meant to be pretty good, but there wasn't really many other great matches on the event. That sounds like Battleground that you're thinking of, right? Is that know. the one where Xavier was flying about the place? Ah, it was the one where he, aye. He was doing uh, that sort of springboard elbow and one of the Usos super kicked him. Is that that's the one? A, uh, it was the one where uh, I'm pretty sure it was Jindern. Uh, I might have been actually I in fact it was, it was that Punjabi prison I think wasn't it? Uh, oh. Let's not talk about that one. We're, we're trying to be positive tonight. <laughs> I'm here, I'm, I've got it here actually. One of my notes I was that was Battleground. Um I'll take your word for it that was actually that match because I thought it might have been the money in the bank but the more I think it, it's right because I, I remember saying to myself are we actually going to see a better match this whole pay-per-view and I don't think we did No, if I remember correctly that was probably one of the worst pay-per-views of the whole year that battle aye, aye. just dreadful but my favourite match from the New Day and the Usos maybe the Hell in a Cell I thought that was really a really claustrophobic feel to it um, that was right. Why did I forget about that? Because <laughs> it was too sick, too sickening <laughs> that you blocked it from your memory. But the, it was really claustrophobic, and that wasn't a wrestling match. That was just um, that was a beatdown. People getting trapped in between kendo sticks and handcuffed to ring posts and stuff. That was that was nasty. That was in a PG era. You're, you'd struggle to get anything more violent feeling than that, and you you were left quite uneasy. But for pure wrestling entertainment I would say their pre-show match at SummerSlam don't know if you've actually ever seen that one 
Uh, I did, I went back, I remember the following day watching it, so I never caught it that night. I watched the event that night, but never caught the pre-show, but I, that's right. Just purely because of the fact that it never, for me, because it never made the main live show that night, which I would always class as the main four-hour event. Why? That's that's the only reason I would say it wasn't any better than the other ones. Uh-huh. It's, it's the problem with stuff that's on a pre-show. I mean, it's not going to get looked at as mm-hmm. critically acclaimed as other things. And But see from, and I know that Seth and Dean reuniting and winning the tag titles in the same night in SummerSlam was a big deal and it was a really good match as well but I just think the stuff that Xavier was doing in that pre-show match was unbelievable as well as the Usos I just think you were saying that New Day are one of your favourite I had went off them and but I should remember that you had been off them I think they're a much better they're more bearable when they're just serious wrestlers when they're there to wrestle, not muck about with ice cream carts or boxes of cereal and stuff like that. I get why they do that, and it is over because, I mean, you and I were there when they went to Glasgow and they did the Braveheart speech. Everyone was loving it. So on TV, when the New Day were doing the silly stuff, you think, oh, not another segment with the New Day, but when you're there in live, when it's on the telly, when you're there in the crowd, that is quite exciting and entertaining. But from mm-hmm. a wrestling standpoint, when Xavier was getting a proper shot in the ring, put, he put the trombone away for a few months. I thought, right, this is, this is a kind of new day I can get behind him and Big E were pulling off some excellent tandem tandem moves as well. And there was a real, like, it was a fight. Like, a lot depended on their winning and stuff like that. So those, the new day and the Usos and the bar and Seth and Dean the, those two rivalries were just top notch and Seth and Dean in the bar hasn't really finished yet it's still going on mm-hmm. aye that's right so but I did I did have quite a lot of love for the Hardys the bar as well so big up to the tag team wrestling on the main roster this year big time any success stories for yourself from the tag team just in general over the year um, well, I think we just touched on pretty much every tag team um, that was big and made it that year. Uh, probably a special mention to the fashion police, Zango for <laughs> the police having us <laughs> for having us as as entertainment wise. Uh, maybe not so great in the ring, but I think there was a couple of times I was cheering for me one matches, which I know they would never win, but. Um, a team I feel sorry for was the Revival they looked as if they were going to be promising and you were probably thinking one second when you would think they'll be the breakout stars of the year probably tag team wise Um, I could just just the visions right away of them and the Hardys pulling off a sort of 3-4 match back to back at pay-per-views classics Um, so in a sense I feel quite sad for them but um, Success stories of the year, I've just sort of covered sort of categories here, so mm-hmm. uh, there's a few. Obviously, success story and superstar year can kind of you can mention the same guys, but the Braun Strowman character has been totally blown out the water. Where it's just for me, just looked at a, when he first came into it as a member of the Wyatts, it was half. Eric Rowan half Luke Harper 
the bad half of each. Right. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Just that he just couldn't wrestle. Like Luke Harper at all. Seemed to be like Eric Brown, who still probably can't wrestle to this day. Um, <laughs> but I think it's probably he himself was persistent enough as opposed to the guys backstage and people gave up on them. I think it was pushed the whole way where his, his own wrestling skills uh, improved dramatically. Oh, I um, and I, I just assumed he would never be able to speak, actually. quite think he can be quite good on the mic as well, though he doesn't say much, but it's very demanding. He keeps and, it uh, simple. Aye, that's what's quite good about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, so I would think Braun has been the in my eyes successful as you can be possibly be this year Aye, I would say for the the sports entertainment side of things not just professional wrestling because there are obviously better wrestlers than him on the rosters but from like superstar what Vince sees as a superstar then I would say that Braun is in with a shout um, Vicky's actually come in with a few things he's wanting to talk about with that so it's given a wee second mm-hmm. um, where is there we go so Ricky says Superstar of the year Braun He was been putting on Devastating matches And performances He has mentioned That he was putting in Amazing performances Until the Lesnar match But the way he stayed over Despite that horrific match Shows how much people Are invested in him And I do agree with that Like The mm-hmm. Lesnar match Was a big sticking point That did sort of Knock the Knock the sails In his, his boat Whatever the, the term is I can't remember the <laughs> <laughs> but the he did he got back on track quite quickly after that and Ricky's just wanting to add in as well the, the terrible dumpster scene that was another one that was just pretty bad but that was a Halloween was that a TLC? oh is it the bit he came out the dumpster I think the bit, when he, bit when he came out the dumpster aye it was just aye. quite in that, quite nasty Um I've got a bit more feedback on Twitter from Carl, who's on the SMC Wrestling Podcast. How you doing, Carl? Hi, hiya, Carl. <laughs> Carl, not Carol. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just how the Scots say it. Carl, don't don't listen to us. Um, he's asking us to talk about like talk about all the gimmicky monster moments for Braun. So we've talked about the dump truck. I mean, I can accept that because that was in ha- Halloween. Do you know what I mean? It's, I know, it's, I, I didn't see a problem with it. Didn't bother me at all. The surviving an ambulance crash, what were your thoughts on that? I was. I didn't like that much. No, it was just a match at the ambulance match they had, was it? Was that even a match? They had so many matches, I can't remember. I know. See, I was going to question, because when it came to matches of the year, I was going to ask you, because I think their best one was whatever that one, I think it was the ambulance one, was it? filtered backstage aye and then they were trying to get the ambulance off Braun for ages was it that one aye I think so aye, aye. that was a pay for you aye because basically that was when Roman got into the ambulance drove it like reversed it into the other truck and the ambulance mm-hmm. was totaled I had that was at Great Balls of Fire I'm just looking back here aye Um I actually didn't mind that either because I thought he's a monster among men. So at the end of any horror film that you never, you know, there's not going to be a sequel. They killed the person off. So in me, it seemed like the monster among men was coming back for more. 
Um, so that's the reason why you survived the whole ambulance thing and get back up again. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't find a problem with that. I think what I was annoyed with during that was the whole, the vast majority of the Roman Reigns Braun feud. They kept trying to make them both look strong at the same time. So one of them, like, was it payback where Braun totaled Roman's, Roman with like steel steps to the chest and stuff like that, and he was coughing up blood. So obviously Braun looks really dominant there, but then fucking what was it? Braun they start fighting. Uh, they start fighting backstage, and the ambulance won. Braun won that, but then Roman comes out and spears him, and then they just get. Uh, it just annoyed me a lot of the stuff that went on. I did, I did really like the uh, last man standing match actually that they had on Raw one week. Aye, I've had that many matches where you can actually you can't keep up with it. Like I know. Um, actually, if I remember correctly, it started. Then there was a few people who just did any fight, and then it was back to it again. I think. Uh, that's mean because Braun was injured for a wee while as well. Was it though? Was it no? He had to get surgery because that's. I remember him Great balls of fire. I know. Great balls of fire was actually the fatal five way. So that's when Braun was injured. No, Great Balls of Fire. It was Samoa Joe and Lesnar. Oh, for God's sake, man! I can't keep up with all these. There's been about five thousand pay per views. See, here's a hint or a tip for next year's. This is what I did before pay per views when the matches keep getting announced on Raw. That I actually just. Put them in my notes. So I can get back through them again. <laughs> Thanks for showing me up in my research there, Barry. <laughs> Much appreciated. Aye, <laughs> uh, it was because I'd also made a list of um, what I thought would be the, my best people using this was one of them. Great Balls of Fire, that was the one I had the 30 minute Iron Man match. Uh, that ambulance match between Reigns and Strowman. And alright, the Lesnar Samojo match didn't last as long as it should have, but there was at one point I thought. He's going to win the match, but uh, Samoa Joe. But I, that's often our tangent. So that was, um, and was that not a, quite a decent match between Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks as well? Uh, that was actually I. Uh, I can remember that's what I'm saying. I don't remember there been. I think probably I watched it live as well this event, and I don't remember there been a lot wrong with it to be honest. Apart from the length for the Samoa Joe match, I think that was because the Amazon match sort of went on longer than expected. I think. Aye, because they decided to drive about the whole state, basically. Another, mm-hmm. another really good match that Braun was involved in was the, the Fatal 4-Way at SummerSlam, where there was a 10-minute spell where I've never seen a wrestler look more dominant in my whole life watching the game. Oh. <laughs> That's right, uh, I was just... I mean, was it three comms tables went through back to back to back to back to back to back? He did he did his running power slam twice. One of them was through a normal table or something, was it? Oh, I can't, so many tables. Like, there was a still, there was one of those aerial camera shots of the carnage after it, and it looked like a storm had blown through the arena. There was upended ah. furniture. <laughs> the furniture was all over the place. It was, it was just, like the week the Nexus debuted and just tashed the whole ringside at Raw. <laughs> So it was three comms tables because it would have been the Raw Smackdown and whatever the Spanish or French would have been. Aye, aye they upended the last one and just pinned Brock mm-hmm. underneath it. And he was throwing um, office chairs at folks' heads and stuff like that. I just, I couldn't, 
I remember. Oh, then he piled all the tables up on top of him as well. <laughs> God, that's right. Because <laughs> when I was watching it, I actually laughed out loud in front of people on the train or something and just thought, what the hell is going on here? Just... I couldn't. I was watching it live, and I couldn't laugh. I was my job was it never shut to the following Monday. <laughs> uh, see, when I when that happened, the fatal four way, I thought, right, Brock needs that. Brock Braun needs Brock right now. I want that match right now, and then we get it at no mercy, and it ends up a dud, mm-hmm. just so they can keep Brock looking strong again. Did it was a real. A real sore point for me. They could. I still think they should have done it. <coughs> it still done, but Braun won it. Uh huh. I know. I suppose uh, that would have been good, but still, it's probably all down to was Lesnar willing to put him over <laughs> that early on. Like, considering uh-huh. he doesn't wrestle that many matches at the pay per views, he's probably thought I've only defended this title twice or something by that point. So I'm not losing it right away. It shouldn't be up to him who he loses the title to, though. I know, but I suppose Vince will do it to keep him sweet. He's probably hoping that he would sign an deal again anyway, so at that point he's thinking, nah, just, just let him decide what happens here. <laughs> don't know what to say. That was the thing about this year in general. To me it felt like... <sighs> it, was, it was just frustrating at points. It was... It's so much there. It's so many pay-per-views lined up. Great matches. Good storylines building up to it. And then there was just something missing for pay-per-views. Just areas they could have went to. Angles they could have done. And they just totally ignored it. I was just... As if they're not around the crowd going, oh, they, they want this to happen, but we're not going to make this happen. And to me, it was just some of the pay-per-views where they were adding big names to, to sell tickets to get people to subscribe to the network. Knowing that they would have five minute cameos for example the Royal Rumble was bigged up the biggest one in history Taker Goldberg Lesnar I think at the time I counted the, the average all three them together were in it for at least ten minutes I think another example Survivor Series Zena's advertised really just to promote his new film no need for him to be there it really wasn't and, aye it was one it was just and then that match in itself don't get us wrong if I have to pick, pick a top five matches in the year that Survivor Series 515 is probably in it until the last five minutes so oh, again that just ruined everything didn't it mm-hmm. uh, to me it was just don't get us wrong like you said there was a lot of good stuff that went down but there was stuff that could have took it down another level which I just feel as if they missed out on Aye. which is disappointing I think 2017 overall the, the wrestling at the pay-per-views was average to solid. There weren't any super standout ones. Let's see, 2016. Uh, mm-hmm. You had Cena, AJ, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. There's the Fatal 4-Way at the Extreme Rules match. Do you remember that one? Extreme Rules. It was for it was Miz, Cesaro, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Oh, aye. Oh, aye. That's right. Actually, that was a very surprising one. Mm-hmm. A lot of really strong matches last year. Um, Dean and AJ in a TLC match. Just so many absolute cracking cracker matches. But this this year, there's not been anything truly stunning on the main roster. I would say maybe Brock and AJ would be up there. Mm-hmm. Um, Cena, AJ, and Triple H, Seth, maybe. And I, w- I will have a soft spot 
always have a soft spot for that Ms. Dean Ambrose match at Extreme Rules, where it was an actual DQ rule. Oh, aye. Aye, if he lost, if he did, DQ, he lost the title. Uh, it was a very clever, very clever match, that acquaintance. And it was, this is a, a confession to any of the new listeners on the Social Suplex podcast network. I was not a fan of the Miz for a long, long time until basically roundabouts his his wee pipe bomb on Talking Smack and it still took me a while to get used to him but see basically after after WrestleMania onwards I've I've got a lot of time for the Miz Uh I was actually worried that that's another success story actually I was worried that he would when he's transitioning over from Smackdown to Raw he would just get lost in the shuffle and he wouldn't get the exposure anywhere near the exposure that he got in Smackdown but up until obviously he's away filming the Marine Six just now. He gets a lot of time on Raw. He's got his own faction. He's a he was the Intercontinental Champion. Bigfoot feuds with Dean. Uh, he's basically owning every single person that goes into the Miz TV segments with him. The guy's just he's hitting it out of the park every time he's there. I must admit, um, I was the same. I still couldn't forgive WWE for years the fact that he headlined a WrestleMania one year. <laughs> and actually going in as champion and left as champion, which is even more surprising. But uh, again, I, I was the same. I thought when he was heading over to Raw, it was lost uh, in trans- transition. But um, I think you're right. I think that pipe bomb that he had in Talking Smack that time just totally changed him for everybody, I think. He was, um, he was shaking. His fans actually him now. <laughs> he was shaking with rage when he was doing oh. that. Oh, no. And then he said another, a few in Raw as well, where he's just lost it, and just the time he was telling Zena and Reigns that they were just handy different, and he had to work week after week aye. and still misses out main event spots. Aye, and he was raging after SummerSlam because he was playing in front, uh, wrestling in front of an empty arena, basically. That's right, aye. That was another classic promo. So there was an issue that night. There or something. I think the fans were delayed uh, getting or something. Something to do with tickets, but still, mm. he's he had a point. I mean, mm. he wasn't in the best of programs, but Cena Corbin. I mean, what was who needed that match? It's ah, again, that's what I'm saying. Again, it's just, it's just trying to sell tickets, just pulling in big names to folk got all great, and then it's all great. Blink, you've missed it. Speaking of Cena, uh, got another question from Rich Latter of One Nation Radio. Shout out to Rich. Uh, Rich, I've also to pass on that Ricky loves loves your songs. Let me see where is this. Ricky wants to give a shout out to Rich Latter. Rich Latter love his vocals. So there you go, Rich and Ricky, vocal pals. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's basically wanting us to talk about the. Cena promos throughout the year, so not not just the Cena Reigns ones, which got a lot of headlines. But how do you feel about Cena's mic work overall this year, Barry? And the different sort. So you've got like AJ at the start, then the Miz leading up to Mania, then a wee bit with Corbin. Like, how have you felt about Cena overall this year? Uh, I think he's always great on the mic. He's always getting people worked up and you can get people over um, it's probably now the more that's annoying me with Zena. I've been 
I was always standing by Cena as people uh, started to fade away to like them and yeah, were slagging them yeah. for everything they was. So I must admit, I was one of the followers of the Xena Nation for a, a long time. Um, but I keep harping back to the whole feud we had with The Rock, where he just totally slated The Rock for being a uh, Hollywood big-timer and just a part-timer on WWE now. And he's everything that he's slagged The Rock for now. And that's what's annoyed me. With mm. some of his promos, you can just tell he's overacting, overselling some of his matches, just getting himself prepared and hoping that some big film director's going, oh, look at this guy. He's ready to be the, the voice of a bull in fucking uh, animation film. Um, <laughs> I know. But don't get us wrong, I, I did enjoy his mic work with Roman Reigns as much as I think it was discussed on here about... Um, he was sort of putting them down and making them out to be silly and stuff. Uh, I did enjoy the first week, I think it was, the two of them were face-to-face. Some of the mic work for him there was, was excellent. Uh, his mic work, in particular, with AJ, was also great. Um, and I must be honest, I don't really know or remember much about his work with Corbin. Okay. Obviously, the stuff with The Miz was great, and I liked The Miz firing back with his stuff as well. Uh-huh. Um so, aye, it's, this hasn't been his, one of his best years. I've enjoyed with him. Um, some of his matches have been good. Some have just been uh, no need for. So it's been a, a hit and a miss with John this year. Uh-huh. I did like the Royal Rumble match with AJ, but I think after that, I mean, the whole thing going on with The Miz. The Miz was the champ in those promos. And it was all like, even when Miz was taking the piss out of Total Bellas and stuff like that. The Miz owned that, and all it was for was for basically Cena to propose in the middle of the ring. I mean that was that was hard to swallow. Ricky's got a few points to make about Cena's work this year. When he wants, he can produce a five-star promo with ease. It flows so well and looks so effortless. We get the usual pro USA stuff from him, but the only person he thinks Ricky thinks the only person who can truly hang with him when it comes to promos. In the E today is Paul Heyman. His um, Cena's promos against the Miz were some of the best he's seen. The stuff against Roman was also very good because he said a lot of the things that the fans think, but said it in such a stinging way. He did. He brought up some home truths basically, and I think that's what had people had a lot of issues with. And he did. Cena even said he broke down the fourth wall. He thinks overall his mic skills are right up there with any person on the mic. He's that good. The stuff with Miz was, was probably his favourite. It was about the mania time. I think Ricky thinks that it seemed like the Miz was able to hang with him on the mic, so he seemed to enjoy that and found someone who could back and forth with quite easily. Back to Heyman, he'd like to say that Heyman, like, he wants to say that Cena, the only person that can hang with Cena is Heyman. I've said that bit already. I'm reading these wrong. Sorry, Ricky. He can't really split the two, though. He would probably say that Heyman's number one, but he can't be certain of that. I think Heyman is really good on the mic, but he's just been saying the same things over and over again for a long time now. Well, if I was to compare the two of them, uh, I must admit, I skip by Heyman's promos sometimes because I think he just rambles on, whereas I don't really skip many of Zena's promos because part of me thinks something big's about to happen anyway when he's in the ring. Somebody could come out unexpectedly. Uh-huh. And then I do like his promos and enjoy listening to him. But I just think Paul Heyman 
he goes on and on too much. Just, and uh, just, uh, I need to skip by him at points. Because, <laughs> like you say, it's the same stuff. It's, it's the same stuff. Just like Brock Lesnar's the same stuff. Mm-hmm. The whole act's getting old. I really, really hope that. <clears throat> I don't. Do you want Brock Lesnar to resign in twenty eighteen? Yes and no, I suppose. Uh, yes, just because I like a, a, a swerve, so it would sort of put my mind in doubt that would Roman beat him, if that was the case. Uh, but I would like a champion who's there every week and defending it, not just showing up pretty much when he wants. Yep, that's what's annoying about it all. I would much but be- I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be bother me if that was it but there was an interview with JR recently mm-hmm. not the JR for this podcast but the actual JR from JR. WWE and he said that when he was asked on it he would say you'd need to ask the guy himself but if you're personally asking me I would be thinking to myself if it was me where am I going next uh, he doesn't think he's got another UFC sent on him um, he doesn't think he'll be doing any sort of acting route but he's, it was just honest, he said maybe he's just at that stage in his career where he thinks where he could just have time with his kids and do things around about there, but he just wondered how long that would keep him occupied for. So I think there was a bit of him thinking there's a possibility he'd still resign. I thought, I don't know if this is, was actually confirmed as true, but I thought Sliced Alone put a tweet out saying that Brock Lesnar's going to play Ivan Drago's son in the, Creed, the next Creed film. Have you heard this? Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. Uh, is that true? Or is that just a load of shite? I don't know if it was in that part of that interview or... I might have been... I think it might have been honestly. There's rumours that it might be... Actually, to read that again, I didn't quite understand. But they were saying he was going to play the part as... I thought they were saying he was like... Ivan Dry... I don't know. I was a bit confused. Um, but I think... Aye, you're right. That, is, that was a rumour. Um, well, that would lead to... Other films I would doubt to be honest but I just, if he's that nervous like to actually cut promos on WWE what's he going to be like as an actor I know aye he would be limited in the stuff he can play aye that's that's the thing he's not going to be playing like a detective in some sort of thriller where he's, <laughs> he's got parts he has to speak the whole way through it you know what I mean he'd be like a Michael, he'd probably be ideal as the next Michael Myers in the Halloween film <laughs> just as him as who Brock Lesnar? Aye. <laughs> Do you ever remember me telling you that dream I had when Brock Lesnar back when he was with WWE back in the two thousands, and uh, I had a dream that we were in my my home, my childhood street, uh-huh. and his music played like it never played out any speakers because I was outside. I just heard his music, and there was people running all over the street trying to run away, and he was just pounding up the hill into the street. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember actually, I thought you were going to go and see there was that dream you had that time about something, one of the Mitchell brothers, I know. Was, was he running a walk down the bottom of Mass Street, I think? I'm pretty sure. I think this one's just been made up. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember the Lesnar one, because I just, when you told me it, I just, I could just vision like sort of Michael Myers thing happening. Aye. You should just call it Suplex City, and it's people, like, it would be like Friday the 13th where people go to Suplex City holiday camp and he just goes about in Germans folk all over the place and <laughs> <laughs> and they do the usual they would probably have about 14 different uh, films yeah. 
we've went off on a random tangent. Mm-hmm. Right, what else would you like to talk about? Uh, well, shall we get down here, actually? Hold on. Um, so, I think you covered pretty much every match of the year you said there that I've already got written down. Well, the fact I flung in that 5v5 Survivor Series match. It's different from the other years. I couldn't actually put my finger on what match out of these six years, would, I would think, is match of the year, though. Aye. Uh, Zena AJ, Lesnar AJ. I know you, I don't know if you went back on since watched it now, but you weren't that big a fan of the Seth. I don't think you weren't that big a fan. I think you said your mind was elsewhere at the time you were doing something with the Seth Triple H match. But it's definitely worth a mention. It was easily up there. With the WrestleMania match, I was watching that with the whole family, and there was kids shouting and screaming and stuff. So I would actually benefit, I think, from watching that again mm-hmm. in isolation. Aye, definitely. Um, Roman Braun, the one for the ambulance match I mentioned was the best. Fatal Four Way SummerSlam. So, moving to there though, uh, I would like to discuss the sort of returns we've seen this year. Okay. So, we've already covered the fact the Hardys blows out the water. Well, the red for red rumours, there was a chance they might be coming back. Um, and I never even really thought about it at the time that they dropped their titles on TNA, was it at the time? I it was, wasn't it? Uh, TNA or Ring of Honor? N- Ring of Honor, actually, Ring of Honor. They dropped the titles on a Saturday and then was investing there on a Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, so it's hard to decide what was the better return the Hardys or the fact that Kurt Angle came back. Uh, obviously, was in the Hall of Fame. So I, I would say is surprising it was definitely the Hardys because we cut in the Hall of Fame you're thinking right he's going to be here he's going to be on something eventually whether it's a one-off match or I think a GM role maybe uh, came into my head but I wasn't too certain in that Um, so I would say the Hardys are definitely the best return we've seen this year Um, we've also had a surprise return as well for your Shelton Benjamins Yep. which is rumoured to have happened last year until he got injured Aye. he's doing um, well for himself so far I'd say what's that? he's doing well for himself so far Aye, they, definitely. They, they were under the shadow of the New Day and the Usos for a while but every other tag team on Smackdown were under their shadow so Shelton and Chad are starting to resurface so it's good to see them get some decent time in the ring and on the mm-hmm. mic and stuff like that um, Aye, so he, he's even flung in there for returns um, and also the reuniting of the Shield I suppose you could fling in there as uh, a, a marker uh-huh. that was quite an emotional an emotional time Dean and Seth fighting each other back and forth I mean Dean and even well they didn't watch it for a few years overall Dean and Seth's rivalry is one of the best rivalries I've seen in the whole of the wrestling back in 2014-15 I just thought that was sensational the, uh-huh. and the reuniting story was it packed a punch and it was really good to uh-huh. see and they've got that brotherhood about them again so it's excellent really enjoyed that I would back to you, the Hardys and Kurt Angle comment the Hardys one was a shock I mean I heard rumours that they were going to be there but just for them to just turn up out of the blue for that ladder match that was a shock and a half but mm-hmm. with Kurt Angle being inducted into the Hall of Fame, that was 
spine chilling stuff. It was just so good. Mm-hmm. Ricky loved that. I, He'd asked me to mention the cut angle coming back into the Hall of Fame stuff, um, and just seeing him on seeing him back in the on TV for WWE is excellent as well. He's uh, not, not the cut angle of old, definitely not. Uh, years of fucking um, painkiller abuse and. Uh, drink abuse as well has destroyed him I think quite a bit there's just this vacant look in his eyes sometimes you're like he's not with us right now he's somewhere else <laughs> mm-hmm. oh aye aye there is there's still that's as if he's still he's draining some of the, the drugs and drinking drugs out of himself right, I mean he's probably his eyes right, are but, elsewhere exactly but he just looks he looks he's like he looks like he's got some regrets in his life <laughs> um, aye pretty much but I didn't think I would be sitting here uh, by this time stage of his return saying that I've seen him in two matches I know well the greatest but still Maybe still good greatest. to see I, I preferred what he did in the Shield match because while we were talking about that vacant look in the eyes see when he came back after being power slammed through the table by Braun mm-hmm. and he was Olympic slamming the bar through the tables and stuff mm-hmm. Corey Graves actually commented saying that's a look that we've not seen in a long time and it just looked focused. It looked like the wrestling machine again. I thought, yes, he's back. Aye. Uh, he's still stiff, pretty stiff looking. His mm-hmm. legs are bent, but for pure nostalgia purposes, it was excellent. I just, the Survivor Series match, he looked quite poor. He looked a wee bit done in. Mm-hmm, but I suppose you get away with it because it was a 5-on-5 five match. Aye. So I... Um, it's hard to decide on it it's really 50-50 Hardy's cut was the best returns this year I'd say so mm-hmm. um, there, there were a few other more of Ricky's favourite matches of the year let me see what uh-huh. Ricky just sent me a barrage of texts so my order's all over the place sorry for the back and forth folk matches of the year for Ricky were AJ versus Cena at the Rumble Seth versus Trips. Uso's New Day at Hell in a Cell Fatal 4-Way at SummerSlam and The Shield vs Bar at No Mercy he's also put Pete Dunne vs Tyler Bay and Velveteen, Velveteen Dream vs Black they two were also some of my favourite matches and I actually wanted to say I know you don't watch much of the NXT 205 Live stuff or anything but I was saying earlier on that 2017 didn't have on the main roster a great, great match. Well, all, like I can tell you what my top three matches are, and none of them were on the main roster. So you've got, I think it was a couple of weeks before WrestleMania on NXT, it was Andre Dalmas versus Oni Lorcan. Now, I know that's a random match to have in your match of the year, but they kicked the fuck out of each other. It was so violent. It's actually worth trying to find if you can. It was just oh, ah, so violent. I won the network, come on. It will be. Another mm-hmm. number two was Mustafa Ali versus Drew Gulak in a two out of three falls match in 205 Live. The story leading up to that was you're obviously aware that Drew Gulak's like um, an anti high flyer. He doesn't like all the cruiserweights being cruiserweights and he wants to have a map based game in Mustafa Ali. He's a very accomplished high flyer flying all over the place. So that was the story going into that. They'd had a lot of um, matches 
where Drew Gulak was even taken to the top rope, but he'd always lose his matches doing that, so it was just proving his point. And then they had a two out of three falls match, which was heart in the mouth stuff. Um, I, I urge you to watch that back, listeners. That was really good. Top notch. It was just. It was getting escalated every move, and there was some amazing near falls in it, so that's well worth a watch. But Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate in NXT Chicago. I said at the time, maybe I set myself up for a fall. I'll not see a better match this year, and I still haven't. That was just. <laughs> it was so good. I mean, I'd. That was another success story, I would say, is what they've done with the UK title. It's not been in your face like 205 Live, which has had a lot of criticism back in, from various different aspects and reasons, but the UK stuff, they've just had the odd special. They had the tournament in January. I didn't expect much going into that, to be honest, but and at the time, I thought Tyler Bates, not the, that's a strange pick to have win the title the first time, but I knew who Pete Dunne was straight away. Uh, he made his presence felt early doors, squaring up to his competitor for the next night, and like William Regal was raging with him. But see, deep down, you knew for a fact that Stephen Regal, the real guy, thought Pete Dunne is a fucking legend. And then they had another UK special, which would determine the number one contender for Tyler Bate at Chicago, and they just had such a such a good match. I, I can't even describe how pumped I was watching it. The back and forth X-plexes onto the apron the sp- like the sort of fireman's carry helicopter stuff <sighs> too much, too much to talk about in one night I would, they actually have not long watched their rematch from this week's NXT, that was also really good but the crowd at Chicago were just melting for the takeover match so that was my pick of the year mm-hmm. So you've only just recently got sort of to grips with this Drew Gallic guy. Drew Gallic. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Gallic. Ga- Gabba Gulak. Is that what's your name? Drew Gulak. Gulak, sorry, Gulak. Um, I hadn't really knew much about him to be honest with you, but just his appearances on Raw mm-hmm. the last few weeks, so he's been making himself known. Uh, just they can just tell us something about that guy. It's just he's going to be a star. I think so. He's getting a lot. Of, he gets a lot of time now on Two Hundred Five Live. Um, he seems like quite a confident guy in the mic, actually. I know he does. Um, I thought that itself. He just he could talk. He could talk for days, no problem, and he would be, have no problems in the mic. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a bit like a guy who was in it in the nineties. Dean Douglas, his name was. Mm-hmm. They get portrayed as a teacher. That's what he's like. Aye. Ah, he's always PowerPoint presentation stuff. Aye, aye, that's exactly him. It's just so aye, interesting time for him. Right? So I'm hoping for a good year. That's the thing with Two Hundred Five Live; they've shoehorned themselves in, and a success story slash epic failure of the year goes for Neville, who had possibly the best ten months booking that a wrestler's had. It was so consistent from the tail end of December all the way up to August when he bizarrely lost the title to Tozawa, then won it back the week later. Um, and then that shit carry on with Enzo. And I Just, Neville was my MVP, basically, for the whole year. He was top-notch. The the King of the Cruiserweights gimmick that he had going on, he slowed down his Geordie accent to become a more sort of goblin-like growl. 
he was an evil bastard in the ring. He was a deadly bastard in the ring. He's, I really enjoyed his rivalry with Austin Aries and his matches. I thought the first quarter, uh, 2017, he was having like the best matches at each of the pay-per-views, with Rich Swan and Jack Gallagher and Austin Aries and stuff like that. So he was a success story, but then it all just went off the rails and you know, something... Apparently, apparently he'd been miserable for a long time so it's a real shame that he's not there anymore and I really wish that they could have bent to his d- demands a wee bit because I think he's a top notch heel uh-huh. and he's still there and don't know what's happening with him I imagine he came in at the rumble who? Neville or Aries? I don't think Aries will be back but it would be excellent <laughs> if Neville was number 30 or something Oh, I, 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 you know what, actually, you should, I don't know about 30, but I think he could be right, he, he could make his return then, because we'd heard recently that they're in talking terms again, but it's just sort of died a death, so well mm. that's meant so that we don't think, but I uh, could have just made an early prediction there. Maybe early on, maybe the first half of the entrance for the Rumble, Neville will come in, and he'll mm-hmm. just lay waste to everyone, maybe he'll get chucked out, but it'll be good to see him again, so... There's a wee prediction for you. Yes, hoping. How have you felt about the women's wrestling this year? It's been on the up for me. Um, wasn't really a fan of it, even with the revolution kicked in. It was it was getting better. Uh, there was selling the sale matches getting flung in. There was street fights. Uh, no last man. There's not been a last woman standing, should I say? No. Oh, right, there was. That was another match of the year for me. Is that Raw, maybe? No, it was um, Nikki Cross and Asuka and on NXT. All right, there you go. That was um, chaos. Asuka superplexed Nikki Cross off a ladder through the commentary table. This <laughs> is two women as well? Jesus. <laughs> <coughs> but no, definitely for me. I, I never thought I'd see the day, but um, partly it's because Amy has been getting into the the wrestling and the women's stuff as well so I've, when I'm watching Raw and stuff I'll go back for the women's stuff with her um, and it's I'm actually watching some of the matches as well and they're, they're, they're really really good the storylines are getting better and getting me gripped into it um, mm. I never really paid much attention to Alexa Bliss on Smackdown but since she's came to Raw I think she's she's been on fire on the mic and in the ring apart from the awful week she had that this is your life with Bailey. Oh, fuck. Uh, that was brutal. That was awful. Um, and Sasha and Bailey have been fine as well. If, is Sasha, uh, Bailey still with her cheesy entrance and stuff, and, uh, but I can see, understand why because there's a wee lassie that love them. Yep. Uh, Charlotte, equally as, as great as always, probably a more uh, toned down year for her as a, compared to her other years I uh, think was she injured at one point Do you know carrying an injury at one point this year no eh, I don't think so she was obviously off telly for quite a while with I mean, Flair big, the big man mm-hmm. but I think once she went to Smackdown it sort of I think she'd done enough to prove <laughs> uh, that she was the top female at that point so that she thought well it's time for other people to get their chance here so I quite like that side of her um, and Asuka aye she's she's came she's dominating I would have thought by now it's almost as if she's still getting flung jobbers at the minute to fight uh, 
I would have thought by now we would have seen a main roster one-on-one sort of 15-20 minute match where I just thought you know what that was that should have been the match of the year candidates uh, so I'm a little disappointed in that side that I've not seen anything like that yet from her mm-hmm. uh, I had a good match with Emma but that was met with a lot of so that's the thing you're wanting a, a decent 15 minute match and she got a not bad match with Emma that's right and then she's doing the job in that but you remember that's where Braun started off when he became a single star he was doing the job and mm-hmm. Nia Jax was doing the, the squash matches I think there's still a wee bit of work to be done with Nia Jax I'm hot and cold with her so I've, been a, I've been a fan of her actually um, I don't really see what the, the issue is with her I'm, I quite like how dominant she is I think it's just she seems to be getting there and then something happens she's way back down again she's not seen for weeks and then uh, she's back again she'll have a bad mood so I think it's, a, it's an in, inconsistency with her yeah, that's if anything good, good point like she'll have I mean look at that gauntlet match that they had on Raw a few a uh, couple of months or so ago and she was super dominant and then mm-hmm. and then there's just like one week where she'll have a quite a bad botch or something or she'll have a pretty lacklustre match so that's why I'm a bit hot and cold with her I was never really sold with her in NXT she had a good match with Asuka in NXT last year though but I think that there's plenty of time with me uh, <laughs> talking about Alexa it took me a long time to get used to Alexa I didn't uh, I was fine with what she was doing in NXT but she goes from being a sort of mid-card act in NXT to being a title contender straight away in Smackdown and she's really she is really good on the mic nobody none of the other women can probably touch her on the mic I would say and her like, just general character work and even stuff like her facial expressions but when it came to the ring work I was never really sold until not the not the second Bailey match the kendo stick one the first Bailey match was decent both of the Sasha matches were decent the Mickey James match was I enjoyed that as well so she has mm-hmm. she has grown on me with regards to being in the ring um, and obviously it's a wee bit quiet with her at the moment with this absolution thing going on uh, so I think she's just going to play second fiddle storyline wise to the build up to I'm guessing you've seen Raw this week mm-hmm. yeah I've got uh, it all yep. so second fiddle to the Royal Rumble announcement that'll be the, more of the focus for the next wee while mm-hmm. but she's she's grown on me I would say just, it just took a while. Aye. I didn't really care much for on SmackDown, but since she came to Raw, I've uh, been a big fan. Aye. So, what are your hopes for 2018? Or what do you think will happen? Any, Anything you want, wish-wise? Um, I, I, sometimes I like this feeling I've got where you're heading into years and you don't really have many expectations um, because it just doesn't ruin it and really some of the things are you get into years and you're like this is going to happen that's going to happen that's going to happen and majority of them happen so I suppose the only thing you could say is by the things just now we're going to see Brock and Roman main event mania um, what I would like to see is Brock and Hogan did you say Brock and Roman <laughs> I thought you said Brock and Hogan there <laughs> no he killed him before the match though I see that again um, I would like to see 
as much as we say this new year we keep going about, but I think rather than what I would like to see, I think what we'll see is Brock will leave. Uh, we'll get a full time Universal Champion again, where mm-hmm. he'll defend every month and appear at least in Raw every week. Anyway, we'll have, I think, confirmation of the Undertaker. Uh, has he officially retired or has he not? Did he just have his own, which I had my suspicions about quite early on after did the match with Roman? In fact, did you not say when we did the WrestleMania review, you thought, I don't think he's finished? Or was it a- Aye. I did actually left the show he asked me what my thoughts if I had any last thoughts and I said he's not retired um, potentially we'll get that answer in this Raw coming up on the 14th of January is it going about then Aye, it's 20, 25 years he's going to be Aye. there so um, I would like to also think that the whole Jericho Omega thing is a work for Vince McMahon <laughs> Where I think it's probably too late now for this to happen, but if he had if he had this happen, because there's, as I said, there's something missing for the product now. So just for talking sakes, he was the one behind it. He said, "Right, when you go, Jericho, you can come here, but you're coming back." So imagine he went there and bet him at uh, NJPW. I was going to say NPJW uh, on the fourth of January, is it? Yep. Beats him there, and then is back for which is too early. I know this is going to happen. This is a dream situation. Jericho comes in the rumble, and then who falls down later on? Kenny Omega eliminates him, and then they two square off at Mania, which would be absolutely fantastic. Um, so that's I would like to see Kenny Omega sign up, but I think Gerard mentioned about a new deal or whatever. Uh, he agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like Kurt to get over his rustiness and find a lot more matches. Um, and I think you might even get a potential I don't know if it's too early but maybe Zena would retire I could think something would happen in Hollywood with him where he just have to give up sort of WWE warrior um, the role he's in just now but even less of that um, and another big prediction I'll make is the whole Woken Matt Hardy gimmick will take off big time and it wouldn't surprise me if he was uh Given a title shot somewhere down the line against, for top sakes, an ideal scenario for him to know would be AJ Styles if he ended up going to SmackDown or vice versa, he ends up in Raw. So there's a few predictions for you. A few, a few wild predictions there. <laughs> That's what they're all about. These, these shows for the wild predictions and then none of them happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the Woken Matt one. I think that's too. I mean, it's entertaining, but it's one of those ones, can it be a main event thing? Well, look at it, he was doing TNA. He was closing shows up with that. Aye. They might just say, fuck it, here, just have the title. Put it this way, as soon as he starts doing that walking, delete, delete, hang in the ring, it's going to be an all yes thing. He'll start his hand movements, the crowd behind him. Uh, I don't know how I forgot this, but another prediction, sorry, Daniel Bryan will wrestle again in 2018. Aye, I think that's... Whether it's in WWE or not. Aye, well, oh, I definitely will wrestle again. Um, to, to touch on your points, as we are, we are both WWE fanboys more than we are New Japan fanboys, and I understand, I totally get that New Japan put on fantastic matches, but see from... Like ease of watching the show, 
accessibility. I would love that idea if it was actually just a ploy to bring Kenny Omega to the WWE so he could fight your Seth Rollins, your AJ Styles, because they've got unfinished business. Because mm-hmm. Omega kicked AJ out of the Bullet Club. Aye. Omega Finn. A lot of enticing matches there. I think realistically, though, that is Jericho's just thought, fuck off, Vince, I'm doing my own thing now. Um, which is fair play, because New Japan very popular at the moment. What else were you talking about? Woken Matt, AJ. Hmm. Uh, I said, like, the Undertaker thing, cut, maybe getting some more matches. Woken Matt, I think, I think you'd be surprised. I think that'll take off. I think it will take off, but I don't think Vince would want to put him in high up. Really? I would have thought if anybody back then, it would be Jeff that would get another title shot, but I think it will depend on this. You never know, the crowds are different. TNA didn't have a lot of good storylines to feed off for the fans, so it might have just been something that blew out of proportion on that, but if it goes well, if it turns into an RDS movement... He'll be getting a title shot somewhere down the line. I don't, I'm not saying he'll win it, but he'll, he'll push push the barriers anyway. Uh, I think um, there's definitely a mid-card opportunity, mid-card title opportunity in Woken Matt's future. I would say that for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially if Roman loses the title to maybe The Miz again, if The Miz comes back. He's supposed mm-hmm. to come back really soon, apparently. I was not to be in that road there, actually. I don't know what happened uh, to that. I would love to see Kurt get off his rustiness. Maybe Kurt could take up some of DDP yoga. That would maybe help him out a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of Kurt, my wild prediction, I wouldn't say it's too wild actually. And you might have been paying attention, if you've been paying attention in the last couple of weeks of podcasts, I think Jason Jordan is going to be a monster heel in 2018 and I think he's going to be a, a big deal. Really, aye. They've, they've played this game very, very steadily with Jason Jordan. Because remember, we all thought at first, this is just shit. The whole thing with Kurt being his dad. But they've played it well. Jason's starting to... His emotions are cracking. He's hitting the, he's hitting the, the shield. He's getting involved in any match that he wants. I think he's going to... He's going to kill his dad one week on Raw. <laughs> Oh, I can see. I mean, they'll square off. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. It just depends on how physical cut is willing to get and is able to. So whether that will be a raw or a great American bash pay-per-view <laughs> or something, you know. So, just a random um, but I think it's inevitable. He's Jason Jordan's going to lose the plot one week and just attack cut. That would be so good. It would be a shame because Kurt might actually break his neck or something, but it would still be oh, good. Aye. Um, what do you think? When do, when do you see the, the shield exploding, imploding again? Well, it could be a long time away now because what's happened with Dean? Is it a, which came of that injury, is it? Oh, he's had surgery and everything. He's going to be out for m- many months. Is that can, I just read earlier on there they were just it was getting sent for surgery. I don't know the outcome. I think they've had the outcome, and it was it was all very quick. Apparently, it only took twenty odd minutes, but they had to they had to do some invasive and intensive work. So he's going to oh. be there's there is a doubt for WrestleMania. 
That's horrible, isn't it? We could actually just have a podcast alone on the fact that this Shield reunion has been a complete jinx for the get-go. <laughs> uh-huh. It's cursed, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Totally cursed, now. It's almost like they're, they're blood-geeing themselves a good storyline for them to spot now. They're just like, look, this isn't happening. Aye. And the three of them just fling punches each other in the ring. Um, I, I would love... The way things were turning out, with the revival coming back, at the time I didn't know that Dean was injured, but my dream scenario for WrestleMania next year would have been to see Seth and Dean versus the revival at WrestleMania for the tag titles. It's probably Aye. not going to happen. I would have rather seen that before the Shield imploded and we got a triple threat, so you could have kept that triple threat for the next Mania. Potentially, aye. Uh-huh. Um, so, I, I think it would have... If everything was going to plan, though, if they were all still injury-free, would you have thought it would have happened before Mania? Or? Well... I just thought it was too soon for that. I know you'd say that you thought it was going to happen before then, but... I think if they've got Roman going for the title, it wouldn't really make sense for them to implode. That's too big a deal, too big a storyline for Roman to just say, right, oh well, I'm just going to go for the universal title. You two can fight amongst yourselves, which happened last time. Mm-hmm. So give it a wee bit of time and then... There's plenty of time. They're all young guys. They're all in their early 30s. Uh-huh. I'm interested to see what kind of new characters we'll be getting involved with in the next year. Mm-hmm. Just people maybe for NXT or just guys have just there's always at least like your AJ Styles uh, who skip by NXT and just come straight there. You wonder if that will happen uh-huh. this year. That would potentially happen with Omega if he was to come into it. Um, I think we'd also get a big year for Finn Balor. Uh, I think he's got a lot to prove after fading away after his injury. But you can see him. I've, I've mentioned it before on this. He's slowly but surely getting back together. Um, I've not minded some of his matches on Raw recently as well. Um, so I, I could see them. Um, he'll, I think that's an easy prediction to make. He'll have won the Universal title, the WWE title, by the time 2018 is out. I see once Roman, if and when Roman wins the title, you're going to see a lot more because that's that has been a whole year that Lesnar will have had that title. That's, Aye, that's true. That's just really frustrating. You could have had so much happen in between that time. Mm-hmm. So I would say, Aye. I'd say Finn's going to be back in the mix again. They're going to need to mix things up. Um, oh, what was the other prediction I had? It's gone. It's totally gone. Oh shit! Oh well. Any other? Th- any if th- it isn't for coming back, I would say. Although we're just slagging him there recently, but Zena. Uh, as much as I say he might have to retire um, at some point this year, don't, I can maybe see this what he's done this year going on a few more years yet. Um, so if that was to be the case, there's still a few matches for him to come across in 2018 that he's not had yet. One that stands out to me that I thought would have happened this year was actually him and Samoa Joe. Oh, um, that would be really good. That could be easily a mania match for him. Can you imagine um, the promos between those two? Oh. See, he's really good in the mic, Samojo as well, so I he's, that'd be great promos. Samojo is fucking excellent on the mic. He's mm-hmm. he's amazing. Aye. Really definitely. menacing. So you've got him Samojo, he's never fought Finn Balor before. Um would would they mind even seeing him and Kevin Owens again actually, to be honest with you. So uh, I definitely think there's still a few matches left in the, the Xena Nation yet. 
a few more, but not too many more, hopefully. No, no, I don't. And you wonder if this sort of finally Nakamura will be the star that was made for NXT and all his great matches there will finally come out in well, 2018 he, as well. He had a decent showing. He had, he had a decent inning at the Survivor Series. He was not... Clash of Champions was Clash of Champions, but he was the victor. Smackdown this week, I believe. If things, if, I can't remember exactly, but he was prominent in the, the six-man tag that they had in Smackdown there. I think they're starting to get the wheels rolling for him. To, I still mm-hmm. think my prediction is that he'll win the Rumble. I've heard that. I've heard a couple of people mention that as well in working stuff. Uh, it's not something I thought, actually. Um, I thought if they were going to big the Roman matchup, he would have won it again, but I don't think they would get away with that. Uh, so I think, traditionally speaking, when it done these drafts, it was usually a SmackDown guy ends up winning the Rumble as well. So, um, but it's a p- few potential candidates actually. But uh, you, you could be right there. Uh, Ricky's prediction for 2018. You might guess what the prediction is, Barry. He says it every other week. That he'll appear on between the ropes. Shout out to Between the Ropes. <laughs> um, it says 2018 will be the year that Punk returns. Yes. <laughs> I was going to touch on that actually when we were talking about something there about for next year. I um, could you imagine if he appeared again, but that's just a dream every year now. I know. It's, it's just, I don't know, It's it just seems to be very stubborn about it all. I can't see him coming back. Mm-hmm. Aye, it's just there's too much sort of. So that, there's the court case going. Aye, all that. The lawsuit. Sort of stuff is. Mm-hmm. But Bret Hart's one name you put to it. So the only thing it's not going for him is the age-wise. He's not getting any younger, so he's not. It's got to happen. It's got, he's, I mean, he's probably 36, 37 now. Aye. Slightly older, um, so it's going to have to happen. I think the next five years potentially. You never know it, could. You never know. You never know. That's it. Uh, I think we've we could go on and on and just have a general chit chat, but mm-hmm. time's getting on. So, uh, would you like to give us your surprise for the night? Yeah, yeah. I've been working uh, last few weeks here on just a sort of freestyle slash poem of my thoughts <laughs> to sum up 2017. Try to touch on some of the big moments in the year. Um, couldn't fit everything in because not everything rhymed. Not the whole thing rhymes, to be honest with you. Just something that ties in really well. So I'll give it my best shot to try and uh, not need any sort of take twos or take forty twos. <laughs> <laughs> so here it goes. This is just uh, in case anyone's looking forward to the quiz. We're not doing a quiz this week because it's just a 2017 review, but we are ending with a nice freestyle from Barry here. So I'm, I'm excited. I've not heard this yet. Fuck knows what's going to happen. Okay, so here we go. So, <clears throat> Twas the year 2K17, the time for a new year. Yet it started with Zena tying with a Hall of Famer. And by the end of that night, Randy was the winner as he stamped his name in the main event at Mania. As Fastlane approached, KO was running the show. But by the end of that night, fans were chanting, shite owns, shite. <laughs> and, before, and before we knew it, mania season was upon us, and it was the beast versus the spear, where there would only ever be one outcome. And by the time Brock was done with this faker, 
Roman was beating Taker. And as the bell told for the tag title bout, the Hardy Boys came out to, rec- to reclaim their crown. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. The Olympic gold hero is back. He's now the GM of Raw after Foley got the sack. <laughs> oh, a nice one. Well done. Braun is the name on everyone's lips. But tell that to Jinder. Yeah, that's right. The guy whose title run you spent chatting to birds on Tinder. <laughs> the dire lull sizzled out and my great balls caught fire. Money in the <laughs> bank was around the corner as areas got fired. And with the Miz talking trash and Corbin now the guy with the cash, Big Cass decided it was time that he kicked that little dick Enzo's ass. And as the Dark Knights drew in, AJ battled Finn. The Shield reunited, but there was to be a twist. As Roman got sick and Kirk filled in, better known as the guy as stiff as a porn star's dick. <laughs> so that was 2017, the year of change, strange and bizarre bookings. But when the clock strikes midnight, don't get fright. Let's excite, because 2018 could be the year the Bullet Club reunite. Good night for me. Not bad at all. I quite enjoyed that. Some, <laughs> Not bad. Enough. Some lovely rhymes there. Uh, <laughs> one more thing for Ricky he's asked me to say I think this will be for Carl fly Eagles fly there you go Ricky I've got you Ricky if I missed anything that you said I'm sorry but you texted a lot so my bad guy so, thanks you anyway, Ricky <laughs> did you notice actually and it's quite good because we could have been here for a long time. We didn't mention gender. <laughs> Apart from the wee bit in that. Apart from that. Yeah. <laughs> There's been enough said about gender in many other podcasts over many, many months. So let's just say thank God that experiment's over, eh? Aye, definitely. I don't think there's any need for that any longer. Um, and the relief once AJ actually won that match. I know. Oh, that was that was a relief. Mm-hmm. So guys, thanks for listening. Um, make sure you check out all the other bonus sort of Christmas New Year special podcasts that we've got going on from Keeping It Strong Style, uh, One Nation Radio and One Nation Live and also the SMC Wrestling Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Social Suplex, no, at Social Suplex. Also go on to the Social Suplex website where we've got all the podcasts, columns, news that you can get your hands on. And join the discussion at Wrestling Squared Circle. The Wrestling Squared Circle. <laughs> Are you laughing at me? Me, no. I thought you were. I was kissing my dog there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Wrestling Squared Circle on Facebook. So, hope you all have a happy new year. And Jinder, have a great new year, pal. Wish you the best <laughs> in your future endeavours. Aye. Before you finish there, I'd just like to wish everybody a Merry Christmas actually before that because we won't see you till that point. So, I think Merry that, Christmas. Well, this, pod, uh-huh. this podcast will be going out after Christmas. Oh, well, you can just cut that out then. <laughs> 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 you could have told me that at the start. But anyway, aye, happy new year, everybody. I hope you ha- I just hope, hope for a pleasant 2018. I hope you all had a great Christmas. I hope it was smashing. Actually, you should have probably started the show with that. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but have a good new year and keep listening to the social suplex chaps good night and god bless
Good night, guys. God bless. And see you in 2018. Oh, no, I'm trying to press the pause button. I can't find the stop button. Right, there we go. Night, night, everyone.